Welcome to Brand Me. I'm Preston Conrad, and on this show, we'll talk all things branding, from launching a product line to owning your side hustle. We'll talk to the movers, the shakers, the thought leaders. What do you say we finally stop focusing on brands X, Y, and Z and focus on brand me? Let's start the show. Stamina is a huge component to being a host, to being a producer, to showing up every single week to giving, to creating. You've heard me talk about my brand, Preston Conrad Home. And if you've ever wanted to grab something from my luxury home fragrance collection, today is your day. I want to hook you guys up with 10% off of any single item on PrestonConradHome.com. That's one of our luxury candles or our new hand wash. Use the code BRANDME. That's PrestonConradHome.com. Offer code brand me. Hey, everybody. I'm so pumped for this week's episode. I get to sit down with my good friend, Vinny Potestivo. Vinny is a media brand advisor, a personal brand strategist, and a content coach. And Vinny has so many gems in this episode. Not only was he the head of talent and development over at MTV and shares all of the insight that he learned building personal brands like Mandy Moore, Jessica Simpson, uh, the cast from The Hills, and how he took all that experience into launching his own business, Vinny Potestivo Entertainment. So I think you're going to have a really great time on this episode with Vinny. Make sure you got a pen and paper or your notes app open because there's a lot of gems and let's kick it off. Hi, Vinny Potestivo. Hello there. I'm so happy to have you on my podcast. This is kind of a podcast swap because I recently did yours um, and you inspired me to get back into this. Tell everybody what your podcast is again. Oh, you are the best. And my podcast is called I Have a Podcast. And I just have to say, we've had, we have had this amazing creative synergy our entire life. So I am so happy that this is a, a, another orbit we get to experience together, by the way. <laughs> well, this is what I say to people. Like, you, know, you know when you watch Sex in the City back in the day and you're like, well, I don't know how believable it is that they always keep running into these same people at these things. New York's too big. You are the example of how that happens in real life. You come back, we come into each other's lives at the randomest times over almost two decades now, by the way. How scary is that? So true. <laughs> So true. Isn't that but, fun? Like the it, media has changed quite a bit since we've met. <laughs> well, I was telling everyone in the intro, um, we came to know each other when you were big time exec over at MTV. And I was just thinking to myself how being at MTV and the role you were in in the 2000s, like would kind of like being in modern day, like ahead of Instagram, right? Like the curators of all pop culture, essentially, like the gatekeeper of culture. Um, did you realize it at that time? that it was that iconic of a thing looking back at it? That's so it's a great question. Um I I don't I don't think I realized it at in the beginning part of my career. So I got to MTV in the late 90s and um I didn't really know what I wanted to do professionally. So I I do I don't know if I was as aware of of where I was working and who I was working for. Um but I, I um but I did get there just as MTV turned 20 and it itself was undergoing a huge transformation. And so the time the timing was perfect. But I, I would say about five years into my career is when I realized the people that I was casting to be hosts or the people I was helping to get on MTV were becoming really big stars and were showing up in places in my life that wasn't just work, like showing up to fight for my right to marry who I want to marry, showing up to, you know, for, for gay adoption. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, that these people 
that MTV was wasn't just was not just creating hosts and talent, but really like monoliths of of celebrity brands that have literally shaped you know our media and have shaped our culture today. And I would say about halfway in through my my career, five years in, is when I realized um, that that I had the keys to because there was no social media there was no way to be to put your content out there other than to be you know on MTV and my job wasn't to bring celebrities in for promotion my job was to bring celebrities in for long form content so mm-hmm. the conversations i was having with people was like why why would you want to be on TRL for one video when you can host it for all time right <laughs> well and not even bring celebrities in you were creating celebrities and personalities i mean like um talk to me a, a little bit about cuz i know i yeah, about the hills I mean, yeah. you, you've built that essentially yeah. from the ground up, and these are household names now. <laughs> well, it's so crazy to think of, by the way. And I refer to them. I refer to them as the. I still refer to Lauren and Kristen, and Steve, as the kids. Um, it's so well, funny, though. <laughs> they are younger than us. We do. I do feel old now. I mean, well, like, are. yeah, right. So, so, in 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 a sense, you've always been a brand builder from the jump, whether it's programming or personalities, but. What was that experience like bringing kind of this new crew in that ultimately became a massive brand within MTV and then went off to have their own massive brands? In oh, yeah, that was right. great. Uh, you know, MTV, you know, we talk about this word consistency a lot, you know, in branding. It's hard. It's hard to, to stay away from it. And I, I used to be so upset because I used to think consistency was just literally it used to be just showing up, you know, right. how we you really defined it was post and put, you know, put content over creativity, put consistency over creativity. And I had a really hard time stomaching that, that thought that we should reward the people who just show up. And unfortunately, a lot of, of like what happened in social media was the, the glorification of the good. Yeah. And then, and that's why I think certain platforms get to a, a, a ceiling. And then there are those stars that shoot up and break that ceiling in a different platform because, yep. you know, of sort of how it's built. I'm so lucky to have built celebrity brands for the first 10 years of my career um, while MTV and, and probably business brands for the last 15, because when I left MTV in 2007 is when I, I started working with Bravo and NBC and I was getting entrepreneurs on TV, uh, whether they were housewives or millionaire matchmakers or, you know, uh, con- some type of concierge company, service company, um, I, you know, helping entrepreneurs get on TV was like a, a knack that I had. But I, I realized how lucky I was to be at MTV, this 20-year-old media platform that sort of always invested in the artist. And I think when I got there, you know, I grew up at a time where MTV was just turning the cameras around on the audience. And I got to see sort of myself in the audience that MTV was reflective of. And that that was new television to me because up until then I watched actors, you know, comedians yeah. and, and artists on television. So to, to be at MTV and to be at an institution that trusted the development process yeah, that was luck, you know, but the hard right. work that comes from being that lucky was Osborne's and newlyweds and punked and, and while and out. And, 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 and I gave, you know, we helped give Ashton Kutcher a show that launched a production company that launched his media empire. He, he didn't need it to host a TV show. He needed to show that he could produce a hit. Yep. Uh, and Nick Cannon too, you know, Nick, you know, part being there when Nick brought in, you know, we, I hired Nick to, to replace Carson Daly on TRL Nick didn't love that idea, so he came in with Wild and Out, and MTV passed on it, to be honest. And um, wow. but Nick loved it. 
He was dating Christina Milian at the time. Oh Christ- Christmas break happened. They came back with some tape. He invested in it. And I so I saw people. I saw these artists like us. We're the artists now. But I saw them back, Nick, and, and I saw these artists who have to make something and then put it out, which is not, is not how media worked back in the day. You had to right. sell something and then you can you know put it out. Well, it makes such logical sense for given your, I think there's a lot of people listening. I'll back this up. A lot of people listening that like you did at MTV, like I did at Ralph, have, have a job they love. Yeah. But, but we are in the middle of the great resignation and people are realizing that, okay, I love the job, but maybe I'm more passionate about something else and I could take what I know from job that I love and spin it into something that job that's me, not for someone else. So yeah, it was kind of an easy transition for you, would you say, or was it an easy transition for you leaving that and building Vinnie Potestivo Entertainment, which has some subsets, VPE Talent, VPE TV. Talk to me a bit about branding yourself after yeah. branding all these people and working in today's climate. That's a great question. Um, I actually started my company from my dorm room um, in 1998. Um, I had the idea that I wanted to be a casting director. So I took out an ad in backstage and asked actors to send oh my me God, headshots. And so I, I yeah. <laughs> I um, loved backstage. And by the way, I had this like um, uh, uh, Macy, you know, the like a Christmas moment with Macy's, like a uh, Santa Claus moment, where I walk into the the, the Wagner College mailroom and there was bins of eight by tens with my name on it, and I was like, uh, 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 this this thing is. Uh, so now I'm a casting director. I, I was mad. I couldn't be. I wanted to be a casting director, but I couldn't unless I had talent to cast. So I went and found the talent to cast, and then I was called to find producers that I could start serving. And it was a, a great ecosystem that I threw myself into, but um, uh, I'm so happy that I did, I did that. Uh, uh, I didn't know when that. I, le- I, I got to MTV in 99, almost a, a year after um, I, I'd left college and I kind of was freelancing for MTV and, and for Fox news. I was working on Hannity and Combs, which is the, the show that allowed me to have the credentials to cast choose or lose on MTV, which is really the the big project that, that, you know, I got to shine in where I found Gideon Diego and ultimately, you know, I loved casting MTV news, switching Pac and, and Sway. I oh loved casting MTV news, a killer, killer, killer job. Um, but just to be, to be in, invested and to, to be able to have build the relationships with the talent that wanted, you know, to, dive into their i mean i even got to work with beyonce this is so cool i never even really talk about it but like we put beyonce in her first film I, I was the casting coordinator one of three people beyonce and me and robert townsend the director in the room when she auditioned for hip hopra and stop I, I remember there was this, this note he gives he gives her a note like she, she does the line read and everything you know it's, it's great it's just a monologue and i'm just there with the camera and he gave me the note but I knew it was meant for her, but he gave it to me and he was like, Vin, you know, I want you to really get close on her eyes. I'm just looking to see where her eye focus is. All I want to see is her eyes. And I, I remember being like, he could have given that direction to me in a different way, but he wanted her to hear that direction without giving it to her. So, you know, it was a cool moment just yeah. to like be near that type of, and um, she did the, she did the take again. And this time he didn't have her talk. It was completely silent. And she did it all with her eyes. And I can point to the scene in Hip Hopper when she's first introduced, actually, because um, I get goosebumps thinking about watching, you know, the, the artist, the talent that I got to see 
craft some of the decisions that they've kept with them. I think some people yeah. even say Sasha Fierce came from, you know, hip hop um, where she where she created this character caricature, yeah. I should say, of a performer. Um, so just to, to be exposed to that type of development, to see people taking the risks, and then you know, I was lucky. I got to give people cameras to change their lives. Now we all have iPhones, so we, there's no, we no longer need the camera to start recording the new version. You know, the new reality that we want to be in and be present in. Um, but we need but your expertise, which is interesting. Which is you know, in looking at your, I haven't been on because I know you so well. I never go on people's websites that often because I'm like, it's Vinny. I go on, it's Vinny. I'm like, I was on your website today before we talked and I was looking at, you know, services and how you package up yourself to the outside world. And for, like you just mentioned, all the people that have their own phones at home and they produce their own content. How do you help them in brand Vinny, um, in Vinny Potasivo Entertainment? How would you help someone that is a talent now kind of package themselves up and grow as a personal brand? I love that. I, I love working with talent, people who identify as, as talent. Usually that is might everybody be like a, talent now, by the a, way. I think so. Yeah. Everyone has an audience because it's true. So, yeah. so let's, so, so some people might have talent and some people might be talent. Uh, talent tends to be in the creative, you know, traditionally in the creative arts. And I, I really, let's start here because there's a lot of confusion already. So the first thing I do is I say, write on a piece of paper, a line right down the middle, on the left side of the paper, give me your creative goals. And on the right side of the paper, give me your financial goals. Because the hardest part about being professionally creative is being creatively successful and financially successful Sometimes trying to get that to sync up on the same project or the same year. It's yeah. not, you know, one is I made, made a lot of money. The other is I, I have, I spent all my budget. I have no, I'm broke, but I, I have innovation. I hired people that never would have had an opportunity to be in media. I gave voices and, and I, I, I made space for people, you know, the, the creative goal, you know, the, the financial goals is the less we spend, the more we have creative goals is the more we spend, the more we have. Totally. So just identifying that is, is I'd like to start with because man, being creative, we give ourselves grace. We give ourselves the space. We give ourselves ability to make errors that we don't give ourselves to do in the financial world. Um, especially professionals, you know, cause people are hired to who are good at their job. Creative, good creatives are actually bad at their job because they try a lot of new things out. There's more mistakes than wins, totally. but it takes one right win, you know, to make what the impact. Kind of talent, what kind of talent, now that we kind of talked about, I love this idea of everybody being a talent because I think now that everyone, even my friends who are in real estate, maybe they're not on million dollar listing, but they're really important realtors in New York and they have a following on TikTok and they show apartments that are $20 million. Yeah. What kind of rigmarole would you put them through if they approached you? Uh, because I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast want to understand how to go through a machine and get spat out on the other side, uh, yeah. be a little bit more polished and kind of launch their personal brand into the stratosphere. What are some major kind of things, some do's and don'ts that you kind of put through in Vinny's hard knock school? Um, that's a great question. So, um, uh, you know, I try not to be as hard knocks as pot. I try, to, I try to help my clients or my friends, the projects yep. I'm working on. I try to help them see success as early as possible. That's like the number one thing I've seen in our industry 
is people quit or they run out of funds or time. Some, something happens where there isn't enough to actually see success. So stamina is a huge component to being a host, to being a producer, to showing up every single week to giving, to creating. So stamina in the sense of physical um, abilities, muscle, you know, we understand what it's like to go to the gym and we know that it stinks in the beginning, but Mm -hmm. the more we go, the easier it gets. And there's a lot of people who don't believe that creativity is the same, requires, you know, muscle memory, the physical, you know, the hand, the, the muscle memory and the emotional, you know, drive that I think that that's, you know, where creativity really amplifies is where you're, where you're taking the book. So having, just having stamina, having properly managed and identified, taking yep. inventory of your energy, you know, um, you know is the first thing I just thing saw I TikTok about this. Some girl was like, on, I'm back in TikTok in a big way. I'm believing it. I'm trying my hardest to grow. Yeah. And I saw some girl post a thing saying it's mind blowing to me how many major big level influencers on Instagram have given up on TikTok because they come over, they fuck around, they don't, they, it's, it, something bombs, they try it and they don't have the stamina and they just give up and move back over when it's truly explosive, but they're not, the muscle memory's not there or they forget how, what, what catches on there and they just repurpose old reels. And that's not what the formula is for mm-hmm. TikTok. but that stamina thing's really, it's funny you say that because I just came across it today and I was like, yeah, they just gave up some of these. Yeah. Bits. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's hardware and software, right? So like the, the, um, some people who need lights and certain microphones and backdrops and green screens and like, that's a, that's a lot. So like that, mm-hmm. I don't recommend everyone starting, you know, with yeah. a full kit because it's the, the best way to create is to be able to turn the camera on and go. Unfortunately, you know, we're, we're in the East coast. So, you know, we lose daylight, you know, at a yeah. certain time and we have to compensate in certain ways, but like you have to, but that, that would be a big, you know, so, so I bring that up because that actually was friction to create for me. I, I realized that I loved creating, but in the winter months, it's pretty with with bad light, it's pretty you hard get to this much time. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in between buildings, forget about it. Like you're no, in shadows. Oh, yeah. all, oh all then you're long. screwed. Okay. So Vinny's school of hard knocks, and we talk about stamina. Someone else approaches you as talent. What's another kind of pillar that you're like you need to address with them in growing their personal brand? I think like a key unique identifier, something that they feel Mm. called makes them unique. Mm -hmm. It can be a fact or it can be a want. It can be, it could be actually a dream or a goal, this unique qualifier. Um, Because sometimes when our unique qualifiers are our goals or our, 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 our goals or our dreams, it incentivizes us. But what it shouldn't be is our passion. Like one one thing I want to be mindful of is like, you know, people are creating and they're sort of chasing their passion. And and the idea about passion is to get it. Right. So if you're, if you're chasing passion, I hope you get it. I truly do. I hope you finally one day catch up with that. But I hope that when you do catch up with that passion, it never stops. Like fueling your content with passion is, it's, it's a different, it's a different mentality when, when you know what your passion is and you know how to put it to use to create. That's sustainable creativity. That's like what you're saying when you're going on TikTok and it's inspiring you to create, it's inspiring the conversation. That's sustainable creativity. What's drainable creativity is when you're just consuming, you know, when you're just in quote unquote study mode for a couple of months. And I've been there, by the way. And that's that's why I started the one-on-one coaching and some of the group coaching that I do because I literally, I felt responsible 
because like I said earlier, I like helping people see success early in their career. I, time is the number one killer in, in our industry. Well, that's funny. You, you have a knack for identifying talent, identifying potential in a personal. And it's really interesting to me because a lot of people I've talked with on this podcast have been maybe an entrepreneur that launched a physical product, or maybe they have an app or they've built a skincare business, but you're the only person I've had on who, who, who spots personal brands, personality driven potential for someone to then brand themselves as a human and then maybe launch a product line. What are people, what are you noticing of people you're working with now in 2022? What's the biggest shift, the biggest wish and ask of this new generation of quote talent creators that you're seeing them seek out the most? Do they want products? Do they want a TV show? Do they want, what? what's the end ask from a lot of these people? That's a great question. I actually, it makes me sad to say this, but it's been a while since Someone's called me up and say, I want a TV show. It's actually sad because my entire life, my 25 years of being in this industry, I can tell you every single week I've had that phone call. It's, it's, podcast. Wanna, it's, it's podcast. podcast. It's podcast. You know why? Um, I hope, I hope I'll tell you, I hope for this is the reason why. Um, one, it's easy to make. It's low hanging fruit or it can be really complicated to make and it can be really elevated. Yeah. So it's just a really fun medium to play around with right now. The second part is, is we own it. And this is the part that I actually lead with, mm. which is why I ask people to create podcasts. I, I'm, I don't just want to work with people who want podcasts. I want people to want podcasts. There's in America for the last 25 years, when you sell a TV show, I, I create a show. I bring it to the network. The network buys the show from me. And then, and then they do this thing called pay or play where they pay me to create it or they pay me and I don't create it. And I just, it's called play. So like, I'm not working, but I still get paid. So I, I if you want to make a financial career out of being creative, like that's the structure and doing it. But what I've been able to do in just one year with podcasts has, has helped fast track what I've been, what it's taken me five or seven to do in television, just in terms of proving an audience or a topic, mm. just in mm. terms of showing energy or interest. Mm. Um, and in 2006, I actually sold my first podcast and converted it into a TV show at MTV. It was called Man and Wife. Really? And it was, yeah. It was like the black love line for couples. It was the nothing. No, I grew up watching Love Line. Right. And, and there was nothing at all close to what we had in store. And a fat man scoop and his wife. This is what, this is what the, so I'm at, I'm at this perch at a, I have, I'm, and a, I'm at a destination pitch place at MTV. So I remember he came in, Scoop came in and said, you know, we're going to launch this podcast. I said, podcast, this is definitely a video podcast, which <laughs> we launched in 2006, which is not even heard of. Um, and then because we had the video from it, we were able to show the executives at MTV. Now that show got bought first by new business in the Viacom sector as a website domain and for the digital property it was. And then when I got interest from that department, I brought it over to the development department at MTV networks. And I realized that there wasn't one door for pitching a TV show, you know, and for actually for the longest time, to be honest, at MTV, I was kind of like the side door. I was the door that only like people can come through. Most, most agents and stuff like that would pitch like production development. We were talent development. Yeah. Um, so our show's, you know, all hinged on existing cast that we got to build framework around. And I love that skill set because I took that 
when I left MTV in 2007 and I started working with entrepreneurs and, and founders of skincare and merch lines and p- p- people who care about their business so much that they want to be the face of it. They want to lead the conversation. And I was kind of poised to help them figure out how to do that. And that's what, I mean, I, I feel now more than ever that that group of people wants that more than ever now. Yeah. I think 2007 was so pre this pre Instagram live pre what, what steps would you say for someone who isn't able to work with someone like an expert like you to grow their brand or to quit their job? Um, and they, they can't take all those steps right yet, but Within the power of your phone, what could someone do to kind of launch their personal brand on the side? Like, what are are you feeling Instagram? Are you feeling live? Are you feeling just podcast? Are you feeling like what's the most important output, do you think? Or is it all of them? So the outlets, the platforms, even when you get to platforms like Instagram, then you have like seven different surfaces oh my God. on Instagram from Reels yeah. all the way down to DM, to be honest. So um, I would say, you know, it's to take action. So the first thing I would say is have a three month plan. And then what we'll do is we'll build four three month plans. So I get you to a year, but build a three month plan, give yourself time to be effective and then give yourself the steps, the tools, the platforms, the people, the opportunities to do so in that three months. Mm-hmm. Some of that is launching. If that is launching a podcast. Now for me, I like launching a podcast because, it allowed me to do some of the development work that I, I I wasn't doing because I'm not, you know, I'm not a manager. So I'm not talking to my clients about, you know, their, should they be directing an episode or something like that? Like that actually came up and in, in, uh, we were interviewing Mandy Moore and we're talking about personal development and it came up that she hadn't directed an episode of This Is Us yet. And it was like, wouldn't, wouldn't this be the season to do it? Like, aren't you, everything's right. done so much except right. for directing. It's cool to think that that, you know, that energy sort of stemmed from, or was already brought into our conversation, but, but I use that soundbite in all of my content. So I use podcasts as a way to populate, you know, the content that I use mm. on multi-platforms and, and I like teaching people how to be multi-platform. So I myself practice multi-platform. How do you avoid the burnout of it? I mean, I do it for a living and I get burned yeah. out by it. I imagine Bob Jones, who works in insurance, but really wants to launch his XYZ could yeah. get fried. It's, it's it's a horrible, It's this is probably the most honest way I can say it um, because I feel horrible giving this answer, but I don't overcommit. Yeah. Um, that even, I don't make money in advertising because I don't want to be committed yeah. to a publishing schedule because yeah. I've been in situations where I'm getting, where I'm seeing someone get pennies or a couple of hundred somethings mm-hmm. and it's not worth the stress. Um, I focus on impact, not deadlines for me, mm-hmm. because I'll tell you this, especially in this day and age of social media right now, <laughs> where the algorithm is what it is, people will remember your last hit. They will not know the next thing you do. They will always remember the the hit. The So that when people say, if I go into reality TV, does that, you know, am I never going to be an actor out of it? Or is it going to ruin my chance? No, you are known as <laughs> the last great thing yep. that you've done, you know, sort of moving forward. That, it's like the last video that went viral on your whatever is the video that people say, oh, did you see that girl that does the, that's the video. Yeah, I cast, I cast a couple of housewives in 2007 for Bravo and I, I cast a lot more. I, I even, the coolest thing about, about Bravo and I bring it up is because like I, you know, I worked on Millionaire Matchmaker. I helped bring it to New York. Um, I fought really hard. You come to New York, by the way, you're going to get a lot more female millionaires bosses. Yeah. So I fought 
because they were like, this isn't the normal, you know, this isn't the normal way we do it because there yeah. are so many great characters here. But I, I look at a show like that, which is, was fun and flippant in the moment, but um, it launched Leah McSweeney's career on camera and now she's killing it at bravo you know and house oh, i didn't know and leah mcsweeney was on tv before this yes yes she was yeah she was on i had her on millionaire oh, matchmaker and oh my God, actually stop. with rj cutler we we, we tried her and her we tried to pitch uh the reality girls with Leah, her sister, and her brother, too. But she's consistent. So what a great... I don't know if you're familiar with Leah. She's just a great example of a talent brand because she's consistent, not in the aesthetics, but not in the actual color. You know, some you know, yeah. it can get really granular, but in the, the vibe and the energy. Um, she you shows always up know how you're going to feel yeah. when she shows up. Yeah, you know, like some, some truth is going to happen. I hope it's not my truth. Yeah, <laughs> I hope totally. it's someone else's truth. Yeah, that's consistency is you it's consistency and diversity. Can I say so? It's like, so I want you to win awards consistently, but I want them to be diverse awards. I want some production and some on camera. Um, I want you to receive credits. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I want you to have red carpet moments. Now, uh, red carpet moments are important because it alerts people that you're going to be someplace and allows you to meet them. I can do that on Clubhouse. I can do that on Instagram now. They have the feature is where Clubhouse I can. Clubhouse over? Is it still no, happening? Clubhouse is brand new. I am I am reinvested. I am so energetic. Here's one. They call them gems. Here's one little gem that yeah. I actually picked up from Clubhouse just yesterday. Okay. Uh, the next generation after Generation Z is what? Generation Alpha. <gasps> alpha that hangs out in the meta. <laughs> that's it alpha in the meta generation yeah. alpha the there it's like 2012 onwards and they're the the first um generation entirely born in the new you know 21st century so it's oh named after the um the first letter of the greek alphabet alpha for that reason that's but that's a clubhouse that, gem. that's a big you know that's a big thing vocabulary and i got that i get vocabulary from clubhouse i also learned i was producing like 30 or 40 podcasts at a time and i realized that that means i have a podcast network and i can kind of do something with that leverage and i didn't realize that until yeah. i got to the club clubhouse is cool because you can you know i went to school picking the classes yeah. based on what i thought i wanted now i've picked a cool group of people and i i, I learned what we learn and i like that it's funny, yeah. That the the audio. I never thought I would that audio entertainment would come back to play such an important part in my life. That everything's video, video, video on my phone. That audio like this or like Clubhouse. Um, do you think that Green Room has? Line. Do you think Green yeah. Room has anything versus Club? They're not going to take down Clubhouse, are they? So I don't. So the thing about Green Room is that it's like another platform that does something similar to what Clubhouse done does. What I think is like probably more interesting is like our Twitter Spaces. Um, yeah. LinkedIn is is launching like in February. They're launching it. If you if you have create, so one of the reasons why we tell people to turn on Creator Mode on LinkedIn is you'll get access to early tools. Mm-hmm. So um, traditionally to live stream video on LinkedIn, you used to need a third party software to, you know, to get into LinkedIn, but LinkedIn is now launching end to end, you know, software. So you, you're, it's all done in LinkedIn. Um, you are the LinkedIn coin master. I love LinkedIn. I love, I love because we're there. Like everyone I ever worked with is, those, those are real. Well, and we're like the last generation of people that have real like resumes. 
<laughs> on our LinkedIn. Yeah, right. You know, so many people are born and create amazing brands um, that right after college, they don't, they, their brand exists in their phone and they can, they don't need a LinkedIn profile like we have year one to year two, you know. It depends but, on who the, you know, for me, my clients, the, the media clients that I know traditionally would be, you know, on there. Now, yeah. to your point earlier about TikTok, this is, I'm tripled down on TikTok, like focused on TikTok. I it's hard. So it's hard work. Invested in TikTok, <laughs> but the growth is explosive. Like I was at maybe three weeks ago at 40 thousand followers and something mm-hmm. happened a video popped off it's at two million and i'm at 90 follow ninety thousand followers now in three weeks That's and strong. all i've done is laser as boring as it is laser to talk about one thing which is home decor because that's, that's what did well. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can't even post my fun skincare videos. It gets one view. So I just laser it in. That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to sh- – yeah. Have you used YouTube Shorts at all? No, I haven't even opened it. Do I need oh, to yeah. look at it? So if, if if you've got under 15-second vertical – you know, content that's pretty funny. Yeah, it's it's if, and if you have a channel on YouTube where you're looking to grow it, YouTube Shorts is a nice way to get some new eyeballs into the you know channel. Discovery on YouTube is you know not so bueno. Um, I use YouTube to figure out how to like you know fix a hole in my deck like with nails <laughs> and like I, I do it for that that type of how to put together a Dyson vacuum or something like instructional. Videos. How do I clean my room? How do I t- clean my Roomba filter? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, Vinny, before I since I'm already run out of time because I could talk to you for four episodes worth of of time. Do you have a brand moment, whether it's a brand that you engaged with or part of your own brand that lives rent free in your head? Like an interaction with a brand that from some point in your life that you just always reference or can't shake. It, can it be a person, like a person, yeah, a personal brand? Totally. Because I, I've had the honor of kind of growing up in this industry with Mandy Moore. And I met Mandy when she was 15. Um, she just got into MTV. She was still in flat sneakers. You know, I think there was some bad pleather going on back in the day. And that was, totally. it was so cool to see her, what, what she stood for, what she grew up to. And I have a sister who was born in 84. So they're very close, you know, they're very close in age. When, when everyone pivoted, when everyone was quick to pivot, when everyone was quick to adapt to the change instead of the tools. Mm-hmm. And I, I always saw Mandy adapt towards the tools. Um, it was never about the platform that she wanted to be on or the, the, the destination. It was about the art of creating something and also the art of creating something in unison with people. Right. Um, and then also she shows up. She showed up every single day earlier than me. And by the way, women in our industry show up an hour and a half to two hours before the men do for hair and makeup. It's like a natural progression in the shoot day. It's like her day was longer than mine always. And um, except I was supposed to be there earlier for, and I just, I'm just so appreciative that I saw all of the ups and the downs. And I'm, I used to maybe want to be a little bit more on camera and maybe there was a performative piece of me that thrived to be on camera. And I realized that when I show up and I, I don't have anything substantial to contribute, I actually, it's not a fun experience for me. Yeah. And I think I learned I that. Know from what you her. Mean. Yeah. I think I did. Cause it's not about, 
being in the center square, if I couldn't be the funniest square, you know, right. the episode, I would feel, I would feel like I underserved the moment, you know, because of that. She's a good, she's, that's a, it's a really good answer. And you're the only person that's answered with a personal brand as that. And I think it's being the master of personal brands. I would expect no less. I mean, that totally is amazing. Yeah, it's just, just amazing. And then, and then if I had to pick a brand, I would say MTV in the late nineties, early two thousands, which yep. to be really honest, in my opinion, was a little bit more of the woke period than it's in now, but maybe we can save that conversation. Yes, for, for episode for our, for our follow-up <laughs> episode. How can everybody find you and your business on all the things? Oh, you're awesome. A VPE.tv is my website and yep. I am Vinny Podestivo on all the platforms. Um, so please search, find Preston and then look through his friend, <laughs> his friend's list and you can find me that way. Um, and I just launched the creator accelerator on LinkedIn, which is my, a brand new newsletter because LinkedIn just launched a new newsletter feature. So, oh my God. um, if you aren't on LinkedIn and you're very curious about why I talk about it so much, please reach out to me on LinkedIn and I will tell you why I have no problem. And I just appreciate the space and time, dude. I love you. Thank you. You're the best. I'm going to, I'm going to go subscribe to this newsletter on LinkedIn. I even know that existed. That's how Yes, I've been, my, my head's been in TikTok for too long. So I need to go get back to growing up land. If, if you Instagram. were to focus on two streamers, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, I, I think TikTok and Instagram have the most growth potential. I think Instagram's got some doing good <laughs> to sort of, you know, make, make themselves good. out a little bit. Yeah, they got some making good. To, you know, they're catching up, but it, it's slowly coming out uh, where I know LinkedIn, what they're launching for, for entrepreneurs, for business minded people who find themselves being creative is astounding. And and that area is exciting to me. Helping people be creative is exciting to me. That's where I'm going to go. Vinny, I love every second with you. Um, Hopefully I can follow this up with another one soon. Yes. For more on the show, you can find us on Instagram at brandmepodcast or at Preston Conrad. Be sure, of course, to rate, review, and subscribe and share on social. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next week. 